Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, but weirdly, and Joe's talking about how much he hates all those films. I'm like, I, I'm I don't hate them. I find <laughs> them incredibly boring and irrelevant. They, do, they do not speak to me. Beautiful. They so, do not speak to me. I'm all the others, yeah. But somehow, I mean, the ones that had an hour long, the early ones the that same. had the early ones that had plots <laughs> yeah. are okay. Oh, they're you know the first two. I would but yeah. but More you know the okay. the only good thing about his output in the past, I don't know how many years, yeah. uh, is the scene where the kids chase the uh, mosquito yeah, uh, a, truck. Oh, which I've never seen in a movie before. Which we used to do all that. <laughs> I don't know which one is one with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, it's this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's there's uh, mosquito trucks used to go through neighborhoods and spray. Oh, that's what it there's is. Oh, we didn't this, know what it was. Yeah, yeah, they're running around. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Like you get like a little buzz off it, or you just no. It was because it was you were completely you were in a fog. I mean, it was it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, now you, you nobody talks, nobody <laughs> told you you were breathing in insecticide. Yes. You know, and then the, the year after I saw that, the uh, Incredible Shrinking Man came out, and uh, guess what? He goes through this big fog, insecticide, <laughs> and he starts to shrink. And we go, well, fuck, we can't do that oh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who says movies can't do any good? Wow. But yeah, it's weird. That one, I can't explain why. It just, it's something about it. It just, you get into this hypnotic state and mm-hmm. it just works. Is that the Sean Penn one? Yeah, yeah. Sean Penn and, and Brad Pitt. So is this the, the one that explains the Sean Penn character? No, he, I don't think he has this any cut? more, there's a little more screen time where yeah. he looks at two women who aren't his wife. But and at the end, the, the the scene where he's walking over the rocks for twenty minutes. Yeah, and then he sees his father. It's heaven. God, it's such a fucking boring. Movie. <laughs> I I can't. I saw it at the arc light, and there was somebody in the back row behind me who was very upset when the movie was over. And I'm wondering if it was maybe that <laughs> was. <laughs> but I love that too. I love it. We're talking about how like like Brad Pitt doesn't say yes to this film. This movie does not exist right in any form. And I also love the dinosaur. The dinosaurs. Like when you get to the dinosaurs, you're like, yes. I don't even know why. It was just. I love that. The part that I most remember is the um, when he shoots the BB into uh-huh. the and I remember oh, that's, his brother's finger. Yeah, yeah, and that's so captured. I remember that childhood thing of I did a bad thing. Why did I just do that? Yeah. I I wanted to hurt something, and I hurt it. <laughs> I have I have one. Of, I, have, I still have a tiny little purple scar on one of my. I don't even remember anymore. One of my knees where I was shooting bottles with a twenty-two rifle. Whoa. I was visiting my grandmother, and and I on, they were on a train track. Don't, don't do, kids, don't do this. Because one of them hit the train track and just went boop right to my knee. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. So you're right. You put your eye out. I had to, I had to yes. pull a 22 pellet out of my own knee and put a bandaid on it and hope wow. nobody ever. Yeah, Ooh, that's, that's macho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> macho 12. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's this? I dropped a bowl. Oh. The bowl cracked. Wait, you should, he's got, yeah, he's you got try to, to save a broken bowl. bandages on both his on little fingers. both his little fingers. Yes, that seems like a both bit. little pinkies. Yeah, that's got to be some kind of bit. <laughs> the very end, it'll be like a Andy Kaufman esque thing at the very end. I'll reveal, and it'll be rainbowed and glittered. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey, all right. Yeah. As well as usual, we've been traveling on. Well, he's you know he's a listener. I yes, am I know. Of course, he has to be on the show. Fans, oh, yeah. and then, fans. Oh boy, yeah. And then Joe, Joe never does the work, so he just sends me the emails. 
make, make this happen. Um, oh, uh, no, I've, I've listened to uh, uh, every episode. Fantastic. Have opinions on all. When you said Daniel Waters there, my heart skipped. You guys haven't talked about the Your heart Daniel? skipped a beat. Yes, at, the, uh, at his podcast with the, well, you guys didn't ever, I don't know, maybe you've talked about this, the Larry Karaszewski, Daniel Waters, Indiana yeah. connection. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I know those guys, yes. Yeah. We don't talk about the show, because who gives a shit? But, it's, <laughs> but I thought know, it was so cool that both of those guys, like, they both experienced uh, drive-ins at in Indiana and sort of in yeah. the same neck of the woods. Did they know each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. if they were ever buddies. Yeah, I think they, 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 watched, they watched Erie, Indiana. That's, uh, um, I remember the I premiere know, on, a, on a Sunday evening with the Tupperware boys. Wait, yes. what was your, I'm not, I am being rude, but I'm not being as rude as you think. So the Dan Waters episode made your heart skip a beat? Well, because I I'm loved that breaking away story was incredible about how he said purely he was sick before. Well, I, there was a lot of stuff I can, you know, having grown up in Northwest Iowa and his description of like, I'm the uh, opposite of a hypochondriac. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Midwestern way. <laughs> Denied that your uh, arm's bleeding. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got sick uh, sometime in the past year, actually. Oh, yeah, we all thought, okay, he's yeah, going to die now. Um, it's been built up so long. That's the way we talk about all of our guests. Yes, all, all of our uh, but no, he he said he was sick, and then he watched I, Breaking Away, and in the process of watching Breaking Away, I don't have to tell you guys, you were there, him. you heard it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I we don't even, we don't listen, though. He doesn't remember. So, it's, uh, so so maybe we should get to the point of who we're talking to. I, we don't have time. We're out of time. <laughs> Bye, joke, guys. Thanks that for joke never me. gets old. I want to... Um, uh, oh, he just texted back. I love that guy. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson. And Joe Dante. Is a, a young gentleman named Paul Rust. Hello. Who, um, I, you know, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd seen Love and I'd seen the Pee Wee thing. Oh, yeah. And, and then weirdly, I mean, he's done so many things and we don't talk about you because we don't care about you. We just want to of talk course. about the movies. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I, the one thing I, I, I always go, like, is there something I should hit? And I didn't know this and I apologize, but there are so many podcasts. And it's so hard. I have friends who do ones I love. By the way, Dave Anthony says hello. Uh, yes, I was hoping you'd bring up Dave Anthony. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. literally coming from having done two episodes of my Dave Anthony podcast. Hey, all right. Uh, um, Dave uh, Anthony was a very uh, uh, friendly fella on my first writing job. He could have been right. more supportive in the oh, writer's yeah. room and stuff. He's very, very fond of you. I remember one morning he came in and people were talking about cutting a sketch that I had written and we had shot and we watched it and... And uh, the next morning, he he was like, "We got to keep it in." My wife loved it, which in a writer's room could either be, <laughs> yeah, could could be the kiss of death, yeah, life yeah. or death. But I, I want you asked me to hit this, and I wanted to hit this because I love it. It's it's um because uh, you know Dave and I do a thing where we break down every episode of The West Wing, yes. and discuss the terrible politics of that. <laughs> but but and we constantly there's a limitation to that because there's only so many episodes. <laughs> but I don't know how, and, and I have to listen, and I will listen. I'm not just saying that because I'm fascinated by this. Uh, do you know this? He does a podcast called In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, which is a podcast about the Friday the 13th movies. 
Mm. Okay, your listenership just <laughs> automatically made a judgment right now. I emailed them. Josh was like, what can I put in my intro? And I said that, and then I didn't get a reply. I was like, maybe I'm not getting invited. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I'm such a nerd that I thought it was a reference to the character that Paul Fries plays in The Thing, Professor Voorhees. <laughs> It can include that. It's all podcast. Oh, isn't there actually? There's a podcast. Are these guys doing a podcast, doing minute by minute breakdowns. Like every episode is one minute of heat. Oh yes, one heat minute. One yes, is what it's called. Yes, and they, you can do that with a thing. You could. You, you could do that, but they talk for like an hour. And right? I think the originators were these two guys uh, who did Star Wars minute. Uh, that's uh, pretty incredible. And that's I how I found out Harry Shearer did a, is one of the voices on uh, New Hope, Star Wars. Is he? Yeah, Harry Shear is a stormtrooper's voice. I guess they needed in L.A. to bring in, they brought in some voice actors. And so uh, I was uh, Harry's assistant for a hot minute back in the 90s. <laughs> a heat minute. Yes, one hot minute. Um, How long did that last? A couple months. Oh. Uh, so you didn't he alienate was a each delight? other? Didn't what? You didn't alienate each other? Uh, <laughs> so the... Um, <laughs> The uh, great talent. A warm man. A genuinely great talent. A warm oh, man. Okay. <laughs> this guy is in small soldiers, for Christ's sake. He said, oh, okay. So. I was hoping I was going to get some uh, Spinal Tap Boy combos uh, with the small uh, soldiers guys. Yes. We, uh, they were brought up and breathed very awesome. quickly in a previous episode. <laughs> they were? Yeah. Uh, the oh, we're about Spinal Tap. Tap got brought up. and you know then... more about our episode. Than <laughs> I, I know. It's insane. <laughs> It's insane. Well, we're usually drunk, so it's. Uh, um, but Paul, you, yeah, I, I said okay. I, talk, I talked about love, and and I mentioned. I even mentioned. I was about to mention the Pee Wee. Yes, you yes. co-wrote the, the Pee Wee Herman movie that was on Netflix. And yeah. you're in it, um, which is wonderful. Uh, thank you. Thank I, you. I, have I told you about Pee Wee's house and my house? Pee Wee's house and your house. So, so I can't call him Pee Wee. I just yeah. I almost did repeatedly when we first started working together. Does he like that or does it annoy the fuck out? Uh, no, I mean, like, guys, I was so quick to show you that I was a fan. I was the same with him, and I'm sure it's terrible. So I just like, imagine him going, hey, I hate that. Stop calling me that. <laughs> well, Don't first, call me Pee Wee. I'm yeah. not like that. So, so uh, I, 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 live, I live in the hills. I have this um, little piece of art I got years ago. It's lovely. It's a Jaclay print. Or it's not a print, but um, and it's a picture of... Uh, Pee-wee lying on the ground with a bunch of snakes, and it's called After the Fire. And I uh, loved it. And then Dan Waters and I had this conversation, and Dan, and I, 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 I think it's Dan's. I feel like it came out of a conversation with, a, I don't know, I've known him for so long. But um, the idea is that there's always a scene in every script that you know you have to write, but you just don't want to. And it's like the fucking snakes in the pet store. And I identify with that so much. I, I got this print, and I hung it on the wall. <laughs> and and put it in my house and we've got this big picture window in the dining room where you can see a bunch of houses in the hills in the distance and a couple of weeks after I moved in so when I came in they pointed to a house in the hill they go oh you know Pee Wee lives up there ah. and to this day I have this dream that he's you know peeping on us all <laughs> and he sees that on the wall and it's I don't know maybe you guys will meet at a neighborhood council yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I never I never heard counseling session. Uh, yeah. But you know, yeah, I don't know. I should go on, uh, on nextdoor.com or whatever that is. Uh, yes, I think uh, you should. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe you'll bump into him. I mean, he never yeah. seems to post, or if he does, you know who posts in my next door? No. Uh, Georgina Spelvin. Really? She's still with us. She, she's she got a different name, but it's 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 her. She's one of my neighbors. Sweet little old lady. So happy about that. Do you, uh, what other people do you, uh, do you ever go out walking and uh, bump? Because I've seen driving oh. around that neighborhood, 
some faces, so, some names. So are we? We're going to talk about sure, but movies. I want to know about your neighbors first, and I want to know oh, about your neighbors Jones and neighbors. movie stars. So when I, I when my now wife moved into the house, uh, she had a dog, a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and uh, named Riley. It was a lovely dog and very friendly. And Nancy would walk. And Nancy likes people, which I generally don't. I, I like can tell from the podcast, <laughs> but but you go out. So we would, um, as a matter of fact. You could almost make the argument that there's a version, this show might not exist or at least exist in the format it does were it not for this dog. Because I'm walking down the street one day, I'm walking the dog and this lovely couple walk by and they go, hi, Josh. I'm like, Ur. and Nancy's already met them and had many conversations mm. with them. And this is a couple of hours down from us is Miguel Arteta and his lovely wife, Justine, who've become great friends. And Miguel was our first guest. Sure, and at yeah. some account came out of sort of conversations with us was like, hey, it'll be fun to have you talk about Russ Meyer. And from that came the whole like, hey, we'll let yes. talk about. Yeah. Um, so I'd say we said, talk inordinately about Russ Meyer. <laughs> and Ed Wood. And then, and then another time I was coming out and Riley ran out of the gate and I hear this guy going, hey, Riley, how are you? And I walk out and it's Bob Odenkirk. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Who's, who's, uh, I have not gotten to know him as well, but uh, I haven't quite. I don't have that kind of sightings in my neighborhood. Uh, Elizabeth Shue lived across the street a couple of years ago and moved away. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> It was uh, like where, leaving where you, Las Vegas, but it was leaving Joe's neighborhood. Leaving Joe's neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you live? I live in the uh, the the Filas, the Los oh, yeah. Filas okay, so area. Well. Yes, the, that neck of the woods. And I'll, I'll hear you guys mention it and talk about it. But well, there's, there's lots of celebs up there. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm a big uh, location junkie. I love. Sure. So I'll I'll go. I, I found out the the long brick wall that Craig Wasson gets stopped at in Body Double. Oh, wait. It's just a stone throw away from my house. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was in the beach, or am I thinking of a no. different scene? Uh, no, the scene where he sees the Native American at the other end of the street, and yeah. then he gets stopped by the guys who are doing, like, uh, uh, gardening work, and he has to Oh, stop. right, yeah, oh, okay, yes. Yeah, yes. that's just yeah. the North on Vermont guys. Fantastic. <laughs> I was so excited. When and I, I think about it every time I end up in that mall. Beverly Hills oh. on Rodeo Drive, which is not often. Like, you know, that little one. Just, yeah. Like, I just walk. Like, well, yeah. that sequence in Body Double is basically there to teach you how to get around to the different jobs. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's like a map. It's the mall <laughs> directory. He's so good at geography. He's like, well, hey, I've, I've complained on the show about um, uh, uh, Blowout, um, which was the first or second movie I ever saw shot in my hometown. And oh. I love, but you know, at one point he's following uh, he's, he's chasing her towards the end. He's chasing her through 30th Street Station. He's got the earphones mm-hmm. in. And he walks through a door and he comes out at 15th Street Station. And you're like, God damn it. They kept that's, cheating. That's, that's, that's movies. I know. But that's you know what? You're, you're a kid. You're a kid. It's like, God damn this movie. Have you ever been in a movie theater and it's the movie theater you're in? Oh, and that's yeah, Blazing Saddles. I remember seeing it. The Chinese. Uh, oh, my and gosh. And at the end of Blazing Saddles. He listens to the show. The Chinese. He knows it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just repeating. No, 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 it's great. But, Somebody might not know it now. That's uh, good. That's good. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then I, I was in the theater uh, in Q where a bunch of people run out of the Times Square movie theater and get blood splattered on them uh, as Q flies over. But Joe's is so, uh, what you've had three in theater sequences. I love when movies are oh, take place in the in movie, movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, oh, I probably. You got Gremlins. You got. Matinee. And I've had matinee. Gremlins. Gremlins two. Gremlins two. Oh right. Um, oh yeah. Just just howling. Matinee. I guess is a howling is a porno theater. Peep that peep counts. That, peep that peep counts. That counts. It's not a movie theater. It's a peep it's a show. peep show. Yeah, but it's got film. It's but got it's not, film. But it's not, it's not even CG. Yeah. Okay. 
Super 8. Digital. It's super, it was Super 8. We shot it on Super 8. Yeah. Oh, wait, have you, I've, I, what did I just get that I love? Oh, there, I got this German Blu-ray of uh, the great Waldo Pepper mm. that, and other people have done this on it, but they, they had, a, um, they had transferred the entire Super 8 version of Waldo Pepper was one of the extras. Remember when they used to do like those truncated? They, 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 they've been doing more of that. You they know, do like a Reader's I, Digest sort of. Well, when, when we or were, they do know, the Castle film. Goddamn kid. Version, but you know. uh, yeah, you'd buy I, them. I, I think uh, on some of the new uh, Universal releases, they've, put the castle films cut downs yeah, but, on there, which is things that all us kids would buy because yeah. you know, this was the only way you could own a movie. Maybe like in the back of famous monsters. You could, and I mostly, I just finished them. I just read and go, Oh, I wish someday, but then, and then Blackhawk films. Right. But who knew when you were a kid that you were in your little eight millimeter yeah. cut down of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein with no sound. Silent. And then you think, <laughs> and Silent. Abbott and Costello there, was the, there was, there was the, <laughs> the complete edition, which was 10 minutes. And there was the headline edition. <laughs> which is oh two minutes God. or three minutes. And, uh, and they had subtitles and you'd sit there and you'd go, geez, God, it would be so great to actually run this movie. And so sometimes we would take our tape recorders and we would wait for the movie to go on TV. And then remembering, having watched the reel so many times, remembering right. how, how the cut down worked, you would oh. turn the tape recorder on during the scene and oh. then you'd turn it off again oh, that's and then fantastic. wait for the next part and wow. turn it on again. And so you get... <laughs> <laughs> in between each thing and they yeah. always go out of sync but the eight millimeter projectors had a variable speed motor yeah so if you got out of sync you could speed it up and slow it down i love it <laughs> meanwhile these kids just have to type this in is, you yeah, have to exactly. think for yourself when you were a kid that that's the next. everything didn't come to you like it did. i know it's Holy amazing cow that's amazing now i never went that far but I think well I, been... yeah i have to say in general uh, uh you know i feel like it can hold my own in general in conversations and movies with oh, people. Here, and baby. certainly, oh, <laughs> the pressure I feel is akin to, I haven't felt the same thing since I was in sixth grade and I'd have to shower with the eighth graders. Oh, man. That's scary. There's the, uh, yeah, the also the specific corner of uh, people who know every movie studio that made every movie uh, that was a thing well was you know if you watch enough with. movies you can actually tell not not so much after like 1965 but but before that no yeah. you can tell by the way you can tell by the film stock kind of yeah. right? <laughs> you can tell by the way the shadows look you can tell by the not the kind of kookaloruses they use yeah like columbia pictures always has a certain kind of kookalorus in the background and depending how cheap the movies were uh it, the easiest thing to do was be put up a flat and put some shadows on it and that's mm. actually a look that I kind of grew up liking. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. And, yes. But it's different at each studio. So you can actually, and also there's other <laughs> telltale things. I mean, who, who, are, the, who are the supporting actors? Who are the, who are yeah. the hit players? Well, or, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you can add, this must be a universal picture because it's got this guy and this guy. And he, they were under contract. And, when you yeah. got the, uh, the Warner Brothers fanfare back, yeah. right? That's right. On Grumman's, they, yeah. they had retired it because the, when, when Seven Arts, or what was it, uh, Kinney, Kinney Shoes. Yes, that's what Kinney Shoes, over, really, yeah. They had, yeah. The, they had the worm logo, which <laughs> was like, yeah, it was just this, bass. this little wormy, yeah. yeah. And it was like, that's not Warner Brothers. Yeah. And so when we did Grumman's, we said we wanted, we wanted to make it retro. So we said, well, can we use the old shield and the old music? And so we got Jerry to rescore the, 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 the old Max Steiner music. Hey, someone, and it was the first like, time it had appeared in a long time. I'm getting people had done, not specifically with Warner Brothers, but I mean, that, I'm really like, how that, that, not a lot of times. Well, Universal, the, I think the like thing, Mel Brooks think, did it with Young Frankenstein, and I, and I, well, but that's a Fox picture. No, but I'm saying, but but using the old logo from the mm. 
It's not. And, and I think uh, the stain uses the Universal logo from the 40s. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's been it's been. Well, I don't like it them. when they over plaster the, uh, the old logo, the new logo onto the old ones. So like yeah. the uh, Shining, I think, has that. I love that Saul Bass. I love the, that. You oh, you the mean when they put back. on video the yeah. new? Yeah. No, I want that old logo. Man, yeah. it's, a, it's a real. Because even the opening of Barry Lyndon is like scored to how the logo rolls Thank out. And I thought. Sometimes when people score to the logo, I'm like, you don't know what well, conglomerate is going to buy this. <laughs> that's when the movies all stay in the same under the same ownership. But sometimes they end up being sold to different companies, mm -hmm. and then then the problem comes. They're going to take off the logo. Like all the AIP pictures were sold to MGM, and now every time you see an AIP mm -hmm. picture, it's got an MGM lion on it. Right. And then it, and then a Pam Greer movie comes on. So right. you yeah. think, boy, Pam Grew wishes that she was making these pictures. Yeah. For how about what does yeah. happen if it's something like Gremlins or like I said, it was just Waldo Pepper opens with the uh -huh. old logo for what is it, Universal? Yeah. Like what happens when they're do they replace that? You can't replace. No, but they, that's those pictures will always be owned by those companies because okay. there's only so many companies, and Warner Brothers owns two thirds of all movies ever made. Yeah. Well. Uh, and Universal and and Disney own the rest of them, basically. By the way, I had a thought the other day while I was watching Waldo Pepper, and then we really will. We're gonna. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, We'll give you five minutes. The, uh, someone must have somewhere in the line had this thought, but I just, as we're watching the film and I thought to myself, it's a shame the great Waldo Salt did not write the great Waldo Pepper. It's a, it's a tragedy, isn't it? <laughs> did anybody ever make that connection? Because it's not like he was a real guy. They named the character. Maybe Jennifer did. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Paul Rust, eh? You like them movies? Yeah. You want yeah. to talk about? Um, or I know sometimes they talk like you know Brian Pesci was in here and just changed the topic entirely. But you were going to talk about movies that you you watch endlessly. Is that correct? Yeah, I thought uh, the movies you I mean, like Tree of Life. That movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm still watching Tree. I love Tree of Life. I'm sorry. Endlessly. Uh, I like Tree of Life too. Hey man, it was good. Is seen a long one? Uh, I haven't seen the long ones. We so. just I was saying, for a more tree. tree, more I tree. I think before we, started, we weren't recording that. I was, I, just, I had just watched it. Uh, you were recording. Were we recording? I think so. Were we? You'll find out when you start editing. We'll find it. out. It was being beamed into. <laughs> just in case, I'll cut this out. But I just want. There's a three-hour version of it that comes with a new Criterion. They're gonna just watch it with some friends. It's the same. You get exactly the same effect, only more. Uh, I watched the extended uh, last night. Uh, expect I expect to be thrown up in your shoulders as much as I was with the. Uh, Entity that I did a Friday Thirteenth podcast. Uh, I watched the extended uh, 1941 last oh, night. Oh, the, which is I think a better version. Of I, thought I didn't that. know there was such a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was there was some, extra half hour. It, you remember that was not a uh, blockbuster. Yeah, a I know. Why would anybody let them well, go? Well, because it's Spielberg. But blockbuster. then they they there was a lot of cutting between the preview and the release, and um, it's mainly in the. It felt like the first 40 minutes, sort of the well, setting okay. up a slim, character. I'm glad they put the slim pick and stuff back. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. funny. And is this, uh, is this is this commercially available? It is. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I saw it in theaters and uh, was deeply underwhelmed. Were you? And I've never gone back. Oh, yeah. Here we well, go. No, no, it's, it's, it's a mess, but it's got some interesting things. In David uh, Fincher would talk about when he was a projectionist. It was like in 1979. And so he saw 1941, something like 50 times or something. I was like, oh, it, it, I mean, it's a people have talked about how it's a, yeah. a failure of a movie, but it's still a uh, still a movie made between uh, uh, Close Encounters and Raiders. So it's that, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and it's in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, no, I was going to do movies I've rewatched, and I thought, you know, that's maybe a little too. 
Oh, so you took okay, a different list? No, no, it's oh, okay. the exact same list. And Josh was very helpful. Josh, uh, I sent him like 20 and he's Please uh, don't do Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's a mad, 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 mad world. And uh, oh. no, I'm kidding. Uh, that's been mentioned many times, right? Yes. Uh, but no, no. Look at me like that. You love it, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, I want to go see it in a theater. Well, you know, you're going to have a chance because it's playing. Uh, uh, there's a whole block of uh, 70 millimeter stuff playing at the Cinema Dome in the next month. Really? Oh, yes. oh no, the next one, August. This, this, this month. Well, really? oh, I saw okay. it at the Dome, like maybe. Uh, That's the place to see it. It was no, actually built. built for it was that. actually built for it. I listened to the show, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I saw it. They did the thing where they ran the the audio during the intermission in the yep. bathrooms and yep. stuff. And yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it's still a lot of movies I rewatched, but I realized uh, I picked 10 of them and uh, each two can kind of fit into uh, maybe a little like double feature. Uh, so did you do double <laughs> yeah, features? Yeah, but it's the same list of movies, but maybe just with a little more focus. Uh, but um, I like my movies in focus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In color? That's, no. That's, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Unlike Dustin Hoffman. Uh, that's right. A, that's um, Kane reference. Why? What about Dustin Hoffman? You'll have to listen to the Lorraine Newman episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Byzantine. That's a, a post-tease. Yes. Like, so anybody who's listening There'll be to a this, podcast yeah. just about <laughs> dissecting our podcast. Hopefully, I'll <laughs> play this one after. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but no, uh yeah, and I, for me, I feel I have such self-loathing guys about myself and the the movies I watch. Well, I hope. Who I else hope would this, you have self-loathing about? This, that's because you, that's because it's because you weigh two hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> and if you do something about that, I probably have. To. Hey, 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 hey! Uh, but my hope is that it more generates uh, you guys talking because I don't want to hear my stupid voice well, no, the whole time. So please, God, talk. So listen to the show. Doesn't understand the point of the show. <laughs> We don't even need a guest. <laughs> but loathe self, so at least we're yeah, halfway there. <laughs> so give us your loathsome list. Uh, okay, well. Just give us one. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so this is the first double feature. I love the neo-Hitchcock okay. genre. Yeah. So uh, the first two are Psycho 2 and Blowout. I have a petition here signed by 743 people against Norman Bates' release. Madam, please sit down. This matter is being represented by the district attorney. Norman was not convicted of murder. He was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Don't you realize they're going to release a homicidal well, maniac? You sit down, Mrs. Loomis. It's all too obvious. Our courts protect the criminals, not their victims. Norman Bates is judged, restored to sanity, and is ordered released forthwith. It's 22 years later, and Norman Bates is coming home. I own a motel not too far from here. And you'd be welcome to spend the night in one of the empty rooms if you'd like. It began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear. He's the one I saw? Yes, he says he pulled the girl out of the car. And I would like you to forget about her. Just before the tire blew out. You're right, it was a shot. He recorded a murder. They say it never happened. Uh, 
are still loose ends, witnesses. The girl, I've decided to terminate her. Terminate her. Terminate her. Well, we just talked about blowout. Yes, we did. Uh, but no, we thing. didn't. But we didn't say how it does, how it completely falls apart. We're talking about my end. relationship. You? Oh, we didn't. The previous about... episode, you threw a little shade towards blowout. I was like, just wait until I get on the show, and me and Josh, maybe we can. Yeah. Uh, Great idea for a over. picture, if only it made sense at the end. No, it makes sense. It's just that it, it's it's preposterous. You know exactly why the movie bombed. You know, and 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 I think we have I talked about like reading the novelization. And no, sometimes oh. that does shed light. And the, no, the novelization oh. ends differently. So you're completely surprised. Uh, yeah, she, she, they end up together. What do you together. think that's about? Where the, did they get a Sometimes the draft? novelizations are written before the pictures are made. Yeah. Uh, they just, they give them the script and say, here, make a novel out of it. And I, I, I've had, George I've had, Kipe. yes. And yeah. George never saw any of the movies that he <laughs> did the novelizations for. And, and they're very good. But yeah. um, he passed away, I think, before the last one even came out. Mm. Um, oh. Uh, it's been a, it's been a week or two. So I feel like there's all these things. I, I watched Poseidon Adventure recently with a bunch of friends. I've not seen it in many, many years. And we all had practically the same experience. Aside from the fact that it is a joy to watch it with a bunch of people who see it 3000 times for the right. I mean, we just yeah. laughed our ass off. It's a wonderful film. Yeah. And, but almost every one of us, there's so many scenes in it that just remind you of the Mad Magazine parody. <laughs> and you realize the movie is lit like a Mad Magazine parody, watching it. And we started talking, and um, uh, in fact, one of the, the guys who was there, Bob Fingerman, who's a great cartoonist and has worked for the New Mad, um, he didn't know that we were trying to figure out, and I think I used to know this, but you would know this, how, because they came out with those parodies pretty quickly. And I know Mort Drucker was fucking mm. God and could draw something. Mm. And, and, and Mort told me that they I used to work from stills. So they would, but would the studios would send them stills? Yeah. Because they were clearly, yeah, because it was good for the film. Yeah. And what, was, would they have a script or would the... Uh, I, they must have had at least a synopsis. Yeah. But, but the fact that some of the parodies in Mad are so specific mm-hmm. to things in the movies, uh, you know, in their early days, they were parodying things that had already been on. Or yeah, or Super Duper Man. Or, well, what was you know, things people have yeah. been watching for years. Um, but when it came to doing new movies, uh, they were kind of making it up as they went along. Uh, and some of them are largely because of Mort, who was, God, was brilliant. God. Yeah, uh, was just, and oh, is boy. still with us. I met him once at Comic-Con briefly, and I really I felt like I walked away from shaking hands. Oh, wow. You know, now he's the he's creator. A really talented guy. My, um, uh, my uh, wife knew I was a big fan of Mad Magazine. And so when we visited New York, once she got me in the offices and I visited and I, uh, it was a little, it was great. It wasn't the old offices that, you know, I had the, gang of, like, the usual gang of idiots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. you know, Mad Magazine is now yeah. uh, defunct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not yet, I guess. I guess yeah. there's one more issue or maybe two, but then they're yeah. going to, then they're going to do, what everybody else does, which is like reruns. They yeah. just rerun which stuff. Is, well, I mean, I feel like it doesn't famous, have... I famous mean, Monsters did that in the middle of their yeah. run. They just started saying, <laughs> no new stuff, just keep reprinting. The kids are now... The kids don't remember. They're yeah. older now. Those like, other kids have gone. Just uh, run the old stuff. There was a very unpopular Marvel superhero series that did that for a while. It's called the X-Men. Oh. They would... Uh, yeah, it just didn't sell old. well enough, so they started reprinting it for a while, and then they brought it back. It became the biggest thing ever, but... Um, well, we're going to miss Mad. Yeah, no, oh, but I mean, I'm, I'm of a generation, but I mean, I'm, you know, where, where literally, I'm not exaggerating. If you meet somebody my age who did not grow up on Mad Magazine, I do not trust you. you uh, that, that's, that's one of the reasons that Pete Buttigieg is not going to be our next president is because when, when Ron Trump, Ron, oh. Donald Trump tried to shame him by comparing him 
to Alfred E. Newman. Newman. Poor Pete didn't get the reference. But. Yeah, that's, you can't, you lose that to Donald <laughs> Trump, you're fucking over. I think just, uh, he's younger than me. I loved Mad Meg. I wasn't yeah. a big comic book reader, but I had a subscription. And when it would arrive in the mail with the like cardboard yes. cover and stuff, yep. it was like yep. as if I was getting my own fisherman's like yeah. my version of a, uh, uh, but the thing I've thought about like, Mad Magazine, when you're like, oh, you don't trust anybody who doesn't read it. The thing I've noticed that they were big on that has just kind of evaporated from satire in general is the, um, but it's like the main joke of Mad is you're getting ripped off. Yeah. But you realize nobody ever, <laughs> yeah. that is not a prevalent uh, it's, satirical it's a, comment anymore. It's a basis for an entire ideology. That I yeah. To. Those guys were, you know, a lot of more admin mm -hmm. who were just fed up with it and they understood exactly what these things were doing to you. And it's like, you read Mad Magazine, and then you graduate to Neil Postman, and then you graduate to Noam Chomsky. And it's like, it's a straight fucking line. <laughs> all these guys are telling you how the world works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're all being completely honest. <laughs> so was, what, yeah. what, what, was <laughs> what, what was the other movie? What was the other movie besides the diversion episode, perhaps? <laughs> there was, there was Psycho, was, 2. Psycho 2. Psycho 2. So have you guys, I, uh, I just, uh, I'm curious about this stuff. Did you ever get to meet Richard Franklin? I never met cool Richard, director. but he sent me a fan letter after I he saw my Twilight Zone episode, oh. the, the movie. And uh, I, I knew him at that time from Patrick, and I think he must have been making Psycho 2 at the time he wrote the letter. I, I never got to meet him. He was, uh, he was very complimentary. I, I thought I'd love to meet him, but he was Australian, and he wasn't here that often. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he knocks me out. I mean, I uh, Patrick and Road Games. Road, Road Games, Games is a good picture. Cloak Road and Dagger Games. I grew up on. Cloak and Dagger. How, how long did it take you? Because it took me and you got it immediately. I think like the eighth time I saw Road Games, I was like, it's a remake of Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I love about Psycho 2 is that it is made by uh, a guy who really loves, loves Hitchcock. Loves and yes. A, like a... L literal student. I think he had Hitchcock come to US or yes, US, right? right, and, right. And, yep. and uh but if you watch it and you know, we all hate reboots, they all suck, right? Well, I but, couldn't I can't remember another movie that I walked in so ready to engage yeah, in battle with. It's like a, I'm gonna punch this fucking movie out. And it just it's good. It's, it's a magic good. trick that it pulls off, which is like uh, I mean, I love the original psycho, and of course I'm not gonna come in here and say, Hey, you guys should watch Psycho, but uh uh <laughs> No, say the Gus Van Sandberg. Yes. <laughs> well, the Psycho franchise, I think, is uh, speaking of the Friday the 13th, uh, the four Psycho movies are really great. If people want to have a good time watching a, a horror franchise, uh, Psycho 1 is obviously a classic. Psycho 2. Yeah, they're, they're three. Uh, Anthony Perkins did on his own. Is, yep. uh, sort of a, but uh, Mick Garris right, did the first yeah. Psycho the beginning. And it's fantastic. It's really. Yeah. And, Which, and then there's, is there one? Someone I haven't seen the one with Bud Court. That's, oh, that's, the the, that's the series. That's Bates the Bates Motel. Yeah, Bates Motel. But that was just a pilot, right? It's not the one they. I, I don't think. No, that's just a pilot. That was yeah. a TV movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that's it. pretty funky. Yeah, I started watching on YouTube and it didn't. Uh, no, really. Hook okay. Me, but uh, and I didn't ever watch the uh, TV series either. The Bates I have Motel. not seen the. But yeah. the uh, uh, the lore of Psycho, I think. It, I mean, my family, we were a big. Uh, thriller and suspense house uh you know like watching twilight zones and albert hitchcock presents and uh there was like a big like my dad hated like kung fu and james bond he hated yeah it was like no kung fu or james oh. bond in this house so it was like a wow a bit of a realist <laughs> so you were deprived oh, wow this is the saddest episode <laughs> no but he loved clint eastwood <laughs> so it was like all okay. i mean sunday mornings were like uh 
Thunderbolt and Lightfoot would be oh. airing on TBS. And yeah. like my fondest memories are like 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning with my dad. He's making breakfast and we're watching Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. It's the best. It's such uh, a great movie. Too. Mahala, as far as I'm concerned. But, have, I, uh, have I told the Chimino story about that? Well, no. you would. I mean, that fascinates me because it's such a lean movie. And then you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> I saw him at the Egyptian years ago and he came out and uh, it, it was also, first he sat down on the microphone and talked and I can't remember who it was, it was Grant or somebody interviewing him. And for a minute or two, they're kind of like, um, you don't want to tell Chimino that he's literally talking through his ass, but you finally had it and he picked the microphone up and started talking. <laughs> but he said this, I swear, and I can verify it. He said, you know, he talked about the experience. He said, look, I wrote the script. They let me make the script. I found out later that there was all this studio pressure to change things and Clint would just go up and smack them around and let me make the movie I wanted to. And when it was done, Clint came to him and said, I've, you know, this is one of my favorite movies, one of my best experiences I've ever had. I would, you know, like to offer you a deal. I'll produce any movie you want to make. I'll be in it or not, whatever film you want to make. And Chimino goes, but I passed on that because I wanted my creative freedom. <laughs> and I am to this day. And I think it's a limitation of my own imagination that every movie I come up with in my head either has or does not have Clint Eastwood. I can't come up with what that third category is that he wanted to be free to fucking make. And you just hear everyone in the theater going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you... Speaking of the Egyptian, and long ago talking about body double. Yes. I have... I'll just bring it up now, Josh. I have a fear... I went to a double feature of Rear Window and Body Double at the Egyptian maybe 10 years ago. Okay. And my friends and I, there's that scene in Body Double where it's like the camera's going around them while they're making out. Oh, at the beach, yeah, yeah. in that tunnel. And it was one of those moments where I thought, oh, you're supposed to be laughing. And then later I read an interview with De Palma where he was like, I misfired. People were laughing. I didn't want people laughing. I didn't read that until later. I thought I was on the right side of this movie by laughing. And a guy in front of me turned around and said to our friends, you want to tell me what's so fucking funny? <laughs> and every time you mentioned the Egyptian theater, I'm like, Josh said that to me. I'm no, so sorry. No, no. was not me. No, because I, 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 the joy, I'm so sorry to hear that because about, about to Palma saying that because I mean, the joy of that movie and so many of his, I mean, Femme Fatale, I love. Yeah. But if you're not laughing, and I don't mean at, I mean, there's just... Uh, but it's not, you know, it's, they're so joyful and they're so goofy. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah, they're fun to, they're oh, also yes. my favorite things to show to people, like yeah. out of any movie, to show somebody a bonkers, like I showed my wife body double and like I when it freeze framed on a woman's breast with blood going over it, she yeah. was like, hooray! 
You could have been happier. Well, I love it. at the end. I mean, think about it. He gets his job back. You know, he, he gets in this fight. The killer dies. There's nobody there to witness it. Even even uh, Melanie Griffith. She's unconscious. Right. He's been completely shamed and disgraced and lost this job on a movie. And somebody just gets his job back because he <laughs> saved the day. <laughs> Like, yeah. How are you meant to take that seriously? Like my entire concept of Brian De Palma's. Well, the, and then just to say about blowout, you know, I it, I think there's a thing interesting thing with the the film brats, all from like I don't know seventy eight to eighty two, eighty three. All of them had their own. Well, I, I, I'd say uh, I wouldn't call Joe's Joe necessarily a film. No, I'm, 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 I'm a film brat. Uh, no where everybody kind of had their own, uh, well, like 1941 or Heaven's Gate. Yeah, or, a bomb. Or like oh, okay. an indulgent movie. Yeah, yeah. A bomb. Yes, yeah. a bomb. Uh, a bomb that is later uh, reconsidered. Uh, Sorcerer, I'd put that. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, yeah but Sorcerer is now considered one of his best pictures. Oh, well, that's right. so but they get reconsidered. You say. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, almost all those pictures that yeah. were so roundly disliked uh, have now been uh, reconsidered as Heaven's Gate is still an internal. You'd be surprised. There's I a know a lot people, of people who like Heaven's Gate. I, I have lying. not one of them. They're lying. But, but there I, mean, are a lot I love of about them. I love that sort of batch of movies because for me, it's sort of like huge amount of capital yeah. for people to really just expose their id yeah. to the greater world. And those are so fun for, I mean, oh, I like, love that they exist. Even yes. when I, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, psycho two blowout, uh, this, uh, well, next double feature is the lighter side of Scorsese. It's a king of comedy and yes. public speaking. I obviously love to talk. So I never thought about, being good or bad at it. Only when people started remarking on it did I realize that people thought of it as anything special. You think there's a difference between a female voice and a male voice in literature? Even on the phone, there's a difference between a female voice and a male voice. And what I'm thinking is I'm sitting here now, well, maybe this is my big break. This is my big chance, you know what I mean? You don't just walk onto a network show without experience. Now, I know it's an old hackneyed expression, but it happens to be the truth. You've got to start at the bottom. I know. That's where I am, at the bottom. That's a perfect place to start. Yeah. Maybe my favorite. Uh, uh, favorite Scorsese. Scorsese. Oh, wow. Uh, Have you seen the trailer? Public speaking? No. Public speaking King is King of the... comedy. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's public speaking? Yeah, that's Public right. speaking is his uh, documentary about Fran Leibowitz. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, Scorsese did that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And it's great. It's in the spirit. I love his documentaries. I just watched the George Harrison one last yeah. week, uh, the Living in the Material World. And I like them because uh, stream of consciousness probably isn't the best, but it, it is. It's like a free-flowing conversation. So it's sort of like Fran Leibowitz will bring up uh, race. And then he'll just have a segment about race, and it comes back, and it flows through. But the Fran Leibowitz is... So funny. And I put these two together because I feel like she's sort of a stand-up who doesn't go on stage. But, yeah, her, her writing early on is like blew my mind. Oh my gosh. She oh, says she's... stuff in this like every single thing she says is something that is I mean, in terms of the movies that made me, it's just like when somebody says something that clarifies a way to see the world, she has like a really funny line about, you know, the the luck of gender, what gender you're born in. And she says, uh as far as I'm concerned, if you're born a white straight male and you're not president, 
you're a failure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then also just like really great insights. Like she talks about um, the AIDS epidemic and the way people look at it a lot of times is, oh, it took such great artists from us. But uh, it also took the people who could appreciate and give money uh, to the arts. And so she has this sort of theory that like the run of kind of anti-intellectualism that we've had since in the last four years has been because there's been nobody really at the wheel (laughs) culture wise who who could give money and uh but so it's super funny and it's a really funny but then to go back to king of comedy i'm just curious um when that movie came out how it was received because for me it seems like such a john lennon it was not received it was it was gone before it came out wow because it seems very uh hot buttony to be almost spoofing Hey, our movie Taxi Driver almost made John Hinckley shoot a. Pr- Let's make a movie about that, huh? <laughs> I knew that I never thought that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a catastrophe. It, it was not a, not a success, but um, it's one of his best pictures, I think. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I think uh, as a somebody in the world of comedy, there's a lot to love about it because there's so much anger there about the well, as there as there who, is in great comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always I, I always ask comedians because it's such an interesting line that they walk at the end and and because he doesn't from my perspective of, of Rupert when he comes out at the end is he doesn't kill but he doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Like is that your comedian? Yeah. What, what do you I mean do you watch that is because but when he comes off the stage he can say I killed tonight. Yeah he thinks he <laughs> killed. Yeah, yeah. But I mean as, as you are you watching that going oh this is a great bit and then it's always there's always a question to me too of yeah, because if I'm writing a movie, I would never write a movie about a stand-up because I'd feel like I'd have to write great stand-up and I cannot write great stand-up. If I could, I'd be a great stand-up. Uh-huh. Like, is it in, do they think he does a great set or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I, I, that's, I, that's the eternal question when, they, when the painter in the movie is supposed to be a great painter and they show you his oh. paintings and you have to go, well, I guess that's supposed to be a great painter. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's the worst thing. My friends and I always talk about that. It's like, hey, don't hey, look at this. Don't hang that noose for yourself, man. And be like, this guy's a great singer songwriter. It's like, you think you're James Taylor too? In addition yeah. to a screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's a. I, I remember when I first saw the movie, being really surprised because I thought it was going to be abysmal. Funny. No, no. I thought his routine once they aired it, it was going to be, oh, he sucks. And the fact that he didn't suck, but that he wasn't great, I was like, yeah. Which makes him a typical comedian. (laughs) (laughs) So true. I don't want to steal all this, but but for you know, I I got when I did that. um, uh, I wrote a little article that no one's ever read called "I Will Not Read Your Fucking Script." And you know, there are all these people who are like, oh, oh yeah, and who read your, you, you, you did this to people, how'd you get? And I was like, I never walked up to strangers and gave them my scripts. You just don't fucking do that. <laughs> and I thought about it. I'm like, why did I know this? And I realized one of the reasons I know this and knew this and never did, I remember as a young man and just getting into business, I'm in a room and at a party and there's Steven Spielberg and, you know, another guy was like, oh yeah, you give me your scripts. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? And I think the reason people used to do that though. He used oh, to, I'm sure. He used yeah. To, he used to have to close his windows on his car when he was driving I'm sure. into his, his gate because there were people throwing oh, scripts on. Right. And they're, they're assholes. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to read that article. But one of the reasons I knew not to do that is King of Fucking Comedy. That whole yeah. movie is like you're watching this guy basically do that and you're just seeing how 
cringe-inducing that behavior. Well, but but it's a cringe-inducing movie. I mean, yeah. that's the whole. I that's the it. whole Maybe point. Maybe the. Uh, yes. But I, I was you can see think, that movie and walk out of it thinking it's okay to behave that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I mean, and is crazy. it the original? You don't want to identify yeah. with him, right? <laughs> is it the original sort of cringy comedy? Like I'm trying to think of movies that there are that, there like, are cringy comedies, but you're not you supposed, love you're not supposed to I cringe. Yes, oh, I mean, my gosh. yeah. There's the Ritz Brothers. You know, you can watch uh-huh. the Ritz Brothers and like you cringe, but uh, they were very very popular. Yeah. Well, you've talked about how uh, um, you have to leave the room when there was like live TV. Oh, because I was oh, yeah. for the people. I was horrified that the sets would fall down and I'd feel embarrassed. I feel that way with like Honeymooners and Married with Children, those stories about the dad who was always, you know, it's going to, he's, it's going to blow up at the end. I'd have to leave the room. I'd be like, I can't watch. <laughs> so maybe there's some BBC office level cringe comedy in, in those shows. But, I do, uh, but yeah, that's just fun though. Yeah. Watching when it's uh, Abigail's party. Do you know Abigail's party? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen it. I mean, I thought it's a Mike Lee. It's not film. It's not on video. It's a thing you did for oh. TV. And it's amazing. And it's just the most uncomfortable dinner party you've ever been to in your life for two hours. Yeah. And it all and it ends worse than you could possibly expect. And the whole thing is just if you take joy from discomfort, you're in heaven. Well, that's uh, it's funny because I wondered. I'm I haven't really gotten into it, but I was raised a Catholic. And so that sometimes I think, oh, the I re, you know I like thrillers and noirs, and sometimes I wonder, is that just because it reinforces my uh, Catholic worldview of sort of like, you're gonna pay for it, you did something wrong, <laughs> you're trying to make up for it, it's just gonna keep piling up, and eventually you'll. I'm yeah. told that there's also a certain level of Jewish guilt as well, which I am not uh, familiar with, not being Jewish, but uh, I was raised without any of that, and I love those movies so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some sort of thing, like when you were saying just the discomfort thing, I thought, oh, there's something safe. Like I'm trying to constantly fight discomfort in my life. And so to be able to like- Watch others. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my version of Star Wars. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But um, the other thing I was going to, oh, just- um, the thing, uh, just a quick thing about Scorsese. Six that, pages of notes here. It's amazing. We love this. We'll be here all night. Uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> the the one thing I was gonna say that I like, uh, I f- or is interesting to me about Scorsese is that like his um, people talk about his technique all the time, or like violence and machismo, whatever bullshit. <laughs> and I love that. But it's like the thing that I think like. Uh, what endures about him that people really love is that does seem to be somebody who's just interested in uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. And so when I see these like, I don't know, kind of fratty guys quote Goodfellas, I'm like, I don't, I think what you really like is it's about a guy who's scared that his wife, like Raging Pole was like, I'm just terrified my girlfriend's going to sleep with somebody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the plot of a lot of his pictures. Yeah. I, it, it's it's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Uh, I think every single one is sort of, I mean, it's the well, uh, think about Madonna his cameo, horror thing of like. Most cameo in text. His cameo in text, which again, not intentional, but, but yeah, my God. I was just thinking about that today. I was thinking a lot of times, uh, directors when they give themselves cameos they're always doctors <laughs> like harold i think it's a bit of a god complex thing all apologies but it, like it'll be like sydney pollock used to do that yes yeah, sydney pollock's been a, doctor, a great doctor times. Dr. Uh, harold ramus is a doctor in groundhog day john favreau is a doctor in elf yeah. uh wait what were you i just uh oh no remus too you popped up in i'm a i'm a tv director but TV I'm, a, I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a 
pseudo doctor in inner space. I get. Okay. Yeah, you run by real quick. Yeah, I get. Yeah. Uh, I get oh, let's, let's start with. That. I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's it's. Yeah. How many how many feature directors would do their cameo as a TV director? Uh, well, Scorsese and King of Comedy. Yeah. Oh, hey there. Yeah. Yes, sure. <laughs> and I guess you could say Coppola in uh, Apocalypse oh, Now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, but, but I was. Like, I would say that that shows a healthy ego as opposed to a. I agree. I agree. I think casting yourself as a similar what your job is. Right. Uh, but it, as someone who would one day aspire to do what you actually do. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the, uh, uh, Oh, with Scorsese, I was thinking today, I'm like, only he would give himself a cameo in a movie. <laughs> what he did use a gun to blow. Yeah. <laughs> like no directors <laughs> fighting for that cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they put themselves in a cool shirt, have a hot right. babe on their arm. That was a last minute replacement or something, wasn't it? Uh, I think somebody else was the supposed story, to that. Yeah, yeah, they dropped out. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to have to do this. I'd like to think that that was like, yeah, the guy dropped out. He's just hungry. <laughs> uh, it's the whole reason he did the movie. <laughs> uh, these next two, uh, I would, uh, I've rewatched a lot and I put in the category of the um, Midwestern based comedy with stars in their eyes. Waiting for Guffman and Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yes. The city council of Blaine gave me the responsibility of putting together a show to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Blaine. I took the whole history of the town and I squeezed it like a piece of fresh bread. I think the uh, one really important thing that I learned in working with Corky is that I do indeed have Talent. My booby made a kishka. She made it big and fat. My Zeta took one look at it and said, I can't eat that. I have found here in Blaine a gold mine of talent. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Just outside of Chicago. Galileo. Galileo. In the basement of this house. It's Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, excellent. Broadcast history is about to be made. Extreme close-up, Yeah, uh, Wayne's World is like the one on this list that I'm sure people have heard about, have seen. But I'm just coming here to proselytize about yeah. the uh, about Wayne's World. Uh we uh, like to think that people actually go out and watch these movies when yes. we talk about yes. them. <laughs> they rewatch them, perhaps. Yeah. That's quite. We live in a world where there are people listening to this who have only heard about Wayne's World. Yes, yes. Wayne uh, for Guffman, maybe not, though. Wayne for Guffman, they've seen. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your guys' uh, first tastes of these? Do you remember when you saw uh, Guffman? How, what does it do with it? I, I, well, no, Wayne's World killed me. I was so, because, yeah. you know, so many SNL movies are uh, Oof. not good. What'd you say, Joe? And some of them have worked out better than others. And, but that one was <laughs> so much, so much funnier <laughs> than I had any hint. I saw an opening day for some reason. Me too. But Guffman, I, I love Guffman. I, I, there's a thing, I think I started noticing in that and became more pronounced in his stuff where I'm now kind of uncomfortable with most of his movies because they all seem to come. With the exception of Spinal Tap, maybe one or two others, but there's a kind of contempt for characters, hmm. which I think is fine in satire, but invariably he's punching down. And as funny as Guffman is, it's a bunch of people who get to make movies making fun of a bunch of people who someday want to be yeah. able to be just paid to act, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's things like the the dog one, 
best in show, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. And I, that that's one I'm like, I think it's all right to be punching those people. Yeah. But my only problem with best in show is I have the sneaking suspicion a 90 minute documentary about that world would be exactly as funny or funnier. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of thing there. Where it's like, why are you doing this? And yeah. So it's like the stuff's already, but, no. but there is that, that weird, you know, I like the, the folk music one's great. Cause it's not, he's not, you know, he's punching sideways and there's a lot of mm-hmm. affection there, but, but some of those things, yeah, it's like Christopher Guest and company making fun of regional actors. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I've encountered this with, um, uh, Alexander Payne, a lot of, um, I, I really love his movies and I grew up like two hours away from Omaha. So to see election when I was in high school and see my Midwestern right. upbringing on screen was, Ooh, I couldn't, it blew my mind. But the Alexander Payne, a lot of times will get accused of you're dumping on uh midwestern folk but he's from there is he not yeah and he's from it and anybody i know loves those movies like yeah people, and i think there's when, when nebraska too. came out yeah. people flipped out because everybody was like oh of course those conversations about the road you took and how long it took yeah. i mean it, it was cathartic i think for people to be able to yeah. see themselves so that's how i felt i mean i was but it's internal you're 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 you know, we, we had brian Posehn on and uh-huh. I, I dance you know he, he loves heavy metal and i one of the things i love about most like at least rational metalheads, and yeah. he's certainly one is they know how dopey it is and they embrace how dopey it right. is, but you're not in the tribe. You don't get to say that. Yeah. You well, know, he so- was saying that about Spinal Tap, right? The, yeah. Yeah. He, that's thought, right. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I saw Waiting for Guffman, it was two weeks. I had gone, my sister went to uh, college in Chicago. And so it was really fun getting to go leave my little town and go to Chicago for a weekend and hang out with my big sister. And she'd take me to, midnight screenings of movies and it was the best and uh we went and saw waiting for guffman it had just come out and it was two weeks after i had just done a community theater production musical about my hometown's history so it was just okay, like yeah. so <laughs> in line and my sister and i i remember we were just it was a small theater but we were rolling because it was so it was like michael hitchcock as a line somewhere where he goes like um um and they don't like our town. They hate it. And they shop at Walmart. And that was the <laughs> chorus that we were just hearing all our My dad was a small business owner. Walmart was the devil if you went to Walmart. So <laughs> to finally hear, I mean, the thing uh, with the Christopher Guest stuff that I really love is, um, you know, the mockumentary, I think, has kind of become this standard. I mean, yeah. now the office, it's like. When I rewatched the original, when I watched Spinal Tap or Guffman, the thing that's most exciting for me is like, I forget how the lines are, deli- they're kind of clumsy and stuttered and they feel, yeah, they there's feel- something captured there. And I think that's yeah. really exciting. Well, they and- also do the thing, which I really appreciate. There's that great, said, ah, there was it coming out again. It's like, it's been a while. You've been able to get Spinal Tap. There was a Criterion disc that had all these outtakes. And they were scrupulous in their, like, if it would not be in a real rock documentary, it will not be in this. Yes. And they cut amazing scenes that are absolutely fucking hilarious because there's no way any band would ever let you shoot that or put it in a movie. That's, and, um, yeah. I, and uh, that's a real ethos that makes those movies work. I sure. personally felt, I'm like, I can't wait until somebody comes along and makes a mockumentary where people go, wait, is this real? Because now it's not yeah. even, there's no attempt. And uh, I think Guffman only has one. They cheat a little bit, like really? they go up to his house and knock on the door and they cut inside of 
Corky's depressed and he's in a bathtub listening to Mexican radio or something like that. It's like, I don't think a camera would be yeah. in there, but that, yeah. but that's a, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, and then with Wayne's world, uh, both of those for me growing up in the Midwest, it just felt like, uh, show business was a different planet. Right. And so to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was probably, uh, so to, um, Oh my God, why am I, and, and they have a public access show. Yeah. That's why I forgot that. Yeah. If so you, if you rebooted it, it would be podcast. YouTube channel oh, thing. Christ. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing. Where's I, that mockumentary? Well, the thing I love about Wayne's World is uh, it seemed very, um, oh, I'm always afraid I'm mispronouncing this word. Prescient or prescient? Prescient. 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 Yep. Okay. Uh, Actually, I believe both works. Both, both are accurate. <laughs> Thank goodness. The, uh, uh, like that whole arc of um, you have this fun little uh, public access show and then somebody in a suit comes along and rejiggers it and waters it down and takes away the essence of everything that was beautiful about it. I'm like, they've predicted the next uh, 30 years of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know what's happening before and it. the prior thing well. yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty standard. <laughs> yeah we are we are we're we're hoping that's gonna happen but that's here. sort of like uh my very soon i love it when the uh uh wayne's world theme gets bought and changed into you know before it's wayne's world wayne's world and right. it's like wayne's world it's <laughs> wayne's world you know? uh, and there's so many times where uh you know i'm from the alt comedy community and uh I like, uh, you know, I, I have the saying of like, if you like a joke in alternative comedy, wait 10 years and it'll be in every commercial you possibly want to see. Uh, the, there's something like it is. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, a thing I see where like uh, you have a little clubhouse thing and then something comes along and then you see the clubhouse everywhere. And then it's not a clubhouse anymore, guys. It's a big bummer. Well, it's, it's my, my, I mean, Joe Strummer, I think one of the great, great, great writers in mm -hmm. rock and roll. Is, uh, he who fucks nuns will later join the church. <laughs> <laughs> As a Catholic boy. Yeah. You're, making him, you're making him all uncomfortable. I just, uh, and I just got to take, I finished it as I was coming in here. The, uh, uh, you saying the Bruce Springsteen screenwriter thing was very intriguing. I thought that was cool about uh, the, that Bruce Springsteen is somebody who's inspired a lot oh, of screenwriters oh. with his. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, very. Um, uh, yeah. I learned a lot about screenwriting from well, it was, uh, songwriters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and when you were talking about the uh, script getting uh, the, the friend who was like, oh, you should get the script to Spielberg. When I was just listening to the Bill Hader episode. I met Bill. We were both doing comedy in L.A. And, He's a punk. Yeah. Punk kid. And uh, we had to give him a script he wanted to read. And so my writing partner, Neil Campbell, they met at a party. And I remember they delicately, they didn't want to be the assholes at the party or handing the script in front of somebody. <laughs> so they went into a corner and Neil like gently handed it to Bill and Scott Ackerman, who was like 12 feet away, went, look at the big shots, handed the script. <laughs> uh, by the way, can we, can we pat ourselves on the back the second time this has happened? We had Peter Ramsey come on wins an Oscar for Spider-Man. That's right. Bill Hader comes on. More Emmy nominations than any TV show. Million, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's insane. 17 million. I think that was actually... <laughs> Do you think I'll win the Friday the 13th related podcast award? Absolutely. No, you will now. It's now a, you it's will. A, yeah. It's, oh, and it's, in it's defense a of that podcast, when you were talking about how... No you one, could... Who attacked it? Yeah, you guys did. I saw it in your eyes. Well, uh, no, Joe, Joe gave me a look. I'm... 
<laughs> uh, was the uh, if you if you're a movie fan, those movies are really fun to watch because you get to see film change before your eyes from 1979 to 1989 in a series of like so like film stock change and styles change. By the end, they're ripping off probably thirteen or Nightmare on Elm Street movies. It's just like uh, this AV Club writer, I mean AV Club writer. He, I think he said about Friday the 13th movies and franchises in general that it's like the cinematic version of Telephone. Oh, so at the very beginning of Friday the 13th, it's like a mom avenges her son's death at a camp to Jason Goes to Hell, which is a demon worm travels from yeah. body to body. <laughs> Where yeah. did this go? <laughs> he's, I'll cut all this because he's, he's plugging a podcast. So no, I just can't do that. <laughs> Another movie podcast. Oh, good. You Don't tell him what it's on. Ejects me, right? Uh, all right, well, I'll burn through these few guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, so these, uh, I like uh, sort of melancholy comedies. So this is a melancholy comedy double Mel feature okay. of ones that I rewatched. One I watched a lot when I was a kid. The other I've watched a lot as an adult. Uh, Savannah Smiles and Shampoo. I go into that shop... And they're so great looking, you know, and I and I I'm doing their hair and they feel great and they smell great. That's it. It makes my day. I mean, it makes me feel like I'm going to live forever. Columbia Pictures presents Shampoo. It's the story of a Beverly Hills hairdresser named George. 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 George is great. Yeah, George is great. And all the beautiful people he does. Listen, you're great. I thought you were great, baby. You're great. What about me? You're great. Slow down. You move too fast. I think there are probably more people familiar with shampoo. I think so. Than there are with Savannah Smiles. State prison where hardened criminals do hard time and think of only one thing. Escape. <laughs> you're out. You're free. <laughs> Well, aren't you happy? You gonna thank me? Thanks a lot. I get paroled on Friday. Footloose, fancy free, and enjoying the good life. Dining out under the stars. What is this mess in here? Rabbit. Where'd you get a rabbit? Off the highway. Searching for true love. I've never felt such a powerful need for anybody in my whole life. And earning a living in their chosen profession. Oh, this pollen's getting to you too, I think. Shut up! This is a stick-up! Help! Help! Somebody help! Albie and Boots on the run and having fun until they meet Savannah. Albie, we got us a hot kid in the back seat there. Hi. Thanks for not turning me into the cops. I've already spoken to the governor. I'm bringing in the top expert in the country. The Driscoll child is in the hands of two desperate criminals. And to compound matters, they are not very bright. What terrible thing could be happening to her? Tell me a bedtime story. <laughs> I don't know any bedtime stories. Then I'll tell you one. Sit down. Why can't you get a getaway car that would get away? Don't be mad, Alvie. The most delightful surprise of the year. Don't miss it. Starring Mark Miller, Donovan Scott, Michael Parks, Chris Robinson, and Barbara Stanger. With special guest star Peter Graves 
and introducing Bridget Anderson as Savannah. When now, I'm, I'm so frustrated because you had actually mentioned that, and I, I was going to get her, and I didn't. I called him on the way over, and I, I couldn't reach him. And if, uh, uh, my father is a real estate guy back in Philly. Mm-hmm. He's retired now. And when I was a kid, he somehow got involved with some people, and I don't know if he put a little money into it or his company did or his but he was somehow involved in some sort of financial aspect with Savannah Smalls. Really? <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to call him, but he's not. A, but I've never seen it. It's a comedy. It's a. Well, it's a. Because he kept telling me, like, you don't want to see it. <laughs> it's a low budget exploitation. You know, like a, it's the same people that made horror movies and stuff. I, mean, a, I have a soft a spot movie, for right? it is. It's a family those low budget exploitation, like straight to video family movies are so charming because they're like, we don't have the means. We want to make a buck, but we want to win your hearts. <laughs> it's just such a funny notion. Like the, whatever, like save the tiger, like those bad news bears ripoffs. And oh, the stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I mean, I'm so fond of, but Savannah smiles is a, Written uh, by and stars Mark Miller, an actor, uh, Penelope Ann's father. Okay. I later found out. Uh, and uh, uh, the director is a, a fellow by the name of uh, Pierre de Moro. And the idea or the premise of the movie is that a poor little rich girl is neglected by her father who's running for senator. So she runs away jumps into the backseat, hides in the backseat of a car of some two convicts who have just broken out. Guys, they need a little girl in their lives to warm, to lighten up their lives. I have, I'm afraid. Wow. You have? This sounds like problem (laughs) childs. Oh, uh, Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not a terrible movie, but it's just, it's, it's kind of an inexplicable movie. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't quite. Don't try to explain. You just don't quite understand the point. So why why is this picture being made? Why am I why is why is this are these two genres being colliding? Well, as my sister, but my the, the, oldest no. sister said she was like, uh, it's the sunny side of child abduction. It's such a weird movie to watch when you're in the early eighties and learning but it's not about being stranger. Played for like dark laughs, like problem child is. No, 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 no. It's a straight movie. And it's sweet. And oh my god, if you watch it, you'll get a little lump in your throat really? at the okay. end. Last scene. did you, Joe? You no. little mis- <laughs> I, I can't say that I did. No. Uh, but I, Joe I, wasn't nine when he saw it. And okay. I can see the way I can see where it was going, and I can see what they were trying to do. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I saw it on television, and I, I may have made it to the end, but I can't remember. Okay, okay, that's an endorsement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, it's like um, uh. We had it on tape. I think it was the same tape we had Cloak and Dagger on. And so, and I had two older sisters and, uh, you know, go into the video store with two older sisters. Uh, you seldom got what you want. You're right. You'd be going home with like ice castles. And I remember uh, <laughs> they wanted to rent ice castles. Could be more horrible. And my babysitter wanted to get ice castles too. So that's already three against one, right? And I was like, ice castles? I don't want to watch ice castles. And she said, this is how my babysitter sold me on ice castles. If you watch it, you can tell your friends you saw it. <laughs> it's like one kid on the school gr- playground is gonna like think I'm later. Cool. They meant later when you start dating. 
<laughs> you know what? It's true. Having two older sisters, it paid off in college to be like, oh, I've seen Dirty Dancing uh, half a dozen <laughs> times. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it, you know? Uh, um, am I Still never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, if you it's like Top that, Gun, Dirty it's Dancing. Not that dirty. It's on that list of, uh, yeah. Yeah, of uh, adjective noun. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I just, there's this whole story of like hugely popular movies that had huge cultural impact that were of a certain, I don't know, that I just like, I had no idea. Top Gun is. I just slop don't gun. I just don't. You ask me. <laughs> I'm working on my Mad Magazine. I believe. Yeah. I believe they're working on a uh, sequel. sequel or remake. Sequel. Sequel. And Val Kilmer's back. Hmm. Val needs a job. I yeah. Well, Val and Tom though. I'm not sure. yeah. Tom doesn't need a job. Tom needs a. Tom just needs a hit. I don't know what. He, who knows? But we were. Did yeah. we talk about? I feel like we talked about it on a show. We're talking about we did uh, Al, Al uh, Williamson's uh, Carnival Magic. Didn't we discuss Al Adamson? Al Adamson. I think we discussed it. when Jonah Ray was on. Guy. Yeah, he's a, a comic guy. Uh, when Jonah Ray was on, I think you know this is one of those yeah. incredibly low budget attempts at a a guy who a guy who specialized in exploitation pictures with like naked women and yeah, motorcycles and stuff. And film. he decided he would make a kids film. It's about a guy who gets a chimpanzee as part of his carnival act, and they went back and re-edited it because they realized they needed to make. After they shot the whole thing, the chimp talks. <laughs> but so they had a, that was an. But they shot a whole movie where people are reacting to a chimp that does interesting tricks, <laughs> but now it's talking, and they're still just acting like the chimp's doing interesting tricks. Well, uh, it's holy. Well, <laughs> and what a title! Carnival yeah, magic. Carnival magic. They <laughs> <laughs> put some different words in a bowl and pulled them out. And <laughs> sort of magnet magic poetry. Carnival? Yeah, carnival magic has more of a ring to it. Yeah. Uh, I always was. Uh, of magic. I felt a little um, as a as somebody wanting to entering into showbiz. I felt the monosyllabic first and last name was a strike against me. Really? Yeah. I mean, John Ford is like the only. No, I'm sure there are other people with single names like that. John, John Wayne. Okay. There you go. A, a fellow Iowa boy. Yeah. That's so it's funny. Uh, and he changed his name from one that had syllables. Because he wanted the mono. Well, and also, who, who, you know, his name was Marion. So that's a little. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. The the people who've come out of Iowa are like John Wayne and Ashton Kutcher and Brandon Routh. And little me. <laughs> I'm sure one or two others. You can imagine all those uh, guys like working in a bar, throwing hay bales and uh <laughs> But I'm still have a somewhat I, limited Pine. and stereotypical view of the, uh, Chris of Pine. the area. Chris Pine is uh, two singles. There you go. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure your listeners can uh, give us some more, along with the uh, um, Giallo spoof titles. Oh, right? yeah. that was beautiful. Yes, yes. I wish we had just gone on with that. That could be its own podcast. Just I just watched a documentary about Giallo, and it made me think of TV. And I actually think some of the titles that were in the documentary were more brilliant than the one <laughs> we came up with in our parodies of jealous. Uh And then, uh, okay, so yeah. Shampoo, huh? Great film. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> right? People like it. Yeah, I really like shampoo. Hey, one of William Castle's greatest performances. Oh, wait, that's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. she he's the one she says she's going to... Yeah. yeah, that's right. God, yep. William Castle was... I mean, I... Uh, what was his... Um, Connection with the cool kids. He's making he's well. It was a Columbia picture, and... so I, I think his contract was at Columbia, and uh, I guess he was in Day of the Locust too. Did I mean, like I think Rosemary's he was. Baby? Yeah. Well, he but produced, produced that. I mean, that's the, uh, the greatest okay. William Castle movie ever made that he that he didn't direct. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, no, he's in that movie. But it's it's a it's a it's a it's a quite a um, time capsule. I mean, it, it it's set on uh, Nixon's reelection. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. I mean, um, what I like, yeah, I like the um, those movies that look just seven years back. Mm-hmm. Those things like really excite I me. Mean, the Sony kind of had a run. Made it easier to like, find old cars. If you like <laughs> <laughs> the hairstyles match. A yeah, little it's bit much better. easier. I remember what that looked like. Oh, somebody pointed out something like if if you made them because uh, Greece was based on play, and if you did a play that did what Greece did today, you'd be making a movie about 2010. Oh yeah. Well, I, I when I was in, in the '90s, they had this thing came out that was like the Grease Mega Mix, and it took all the songs from the Grease musical. Uh, and I remember thinking, to a thumping disco beat. Yeah. Yes. So so I remember, something I you put thinking, on your hair. This is a '90s Mega Mix of a '70s movie about the '50s. So now all we need is like the oral history of the Grease Mega Mix now in 2019, and we'll yes. put a bow on it. Uh, a, a movie about the making of. Grease. That's set in the seven, and people who don't know any of it will be so confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, but no, I mean, I, uh, the, with um, uh, shampoo, I do, that's some of my favorite stuff is kind of like the, uh, I feel like it is a light touch that it wasn't until like maybe the second or third viewing that I'm like, yeah. oh, there's some Nixon stuff in the background there that I guess I wasn't paying attention to. But the big thing that I was like, it took me four viewing to realize the joke is that Warren Beatty sleeps with Jack Warden's wife, mistress, and daughter oh, in the yeah. span of 24 hours. Yes. And it was like <laughs> any other movie nowadays, that would be the tagline, the yeah. poster, yeah. Or the, you know. And, it's and also like, he's a hairdresser who's not gay, which is also. Well, yeah. 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 Meet Paul in the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> what a Dana Gould, uh, what's his bit about a, it's every trailer, uh, every other trailer, uh, at some point, is gonna go into. I feel good. Yeah, <laughs> but the guy realizes he yes. can do the thing that. The movie <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about with the uh, comedies. Uh, do you ever think it's weird that um, comedies are ninety minutes of the person learning to stop doing the thing that makes them funny? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. With the exception of the jerk, maybe. And yeah, those, and no, the Marx Brothers movies, like those yeah. are the only ones where, like, you don't have to learn your lesson and get redeemed. Uh, yeah, you got to stop doing that stuff to yeah, get yeah. the girl. You like. Clowns, you guys are clowns. The way you're acting, it's yeah. almost like a comedy. <laughs> uh, so the, my last two are some early '80s sleaze. Okay, sleazy slash. Friday the Thirteenth, Four, and <laughs> we're cutting Five is the sleaziest. Uh, uh, Sleepaway Camp and uh, Eyes of a Stranger. Which one is, oh, Eyes of a Stranger is the, uh, uh, Ken Wiederhorn. Oh, Ken Wiederhorn. director. Ken Wiederhorn uh, did, um, Shock, uh, Shockwaves. Oh, I've yeah. never seen Shockwaves. Shockwaves oh. is the underwater Nazis. Ah. I saw, and they, the stuff where they march underwater. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, a, it's a cool movie. In made for uniform. Made for $1.98 in Florida Whoa. with, uh, Peter Cushing and John Carradine and cool. Brooke oh, yeah. Adams in her first picture. Who? Oh, Brooklyn Adams, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, I mean, Eyes of a Stranger is uh, was surprisingly good as well. I rented it just as like a, um, I mean, it's a rear window riff, and it's uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's first film. She's like a blind girl, and she lives with her aunt, who's a, um, a little like the Howling. She's like a newscaster, and she's doing a report on these killings and the person who lives across in the building away from them is a killer. But the, so it's sort of like a um, combination of rear window and uh, so Audrey Hepburn blind 
Oh, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait until dark. Yeah, wait dark. yeah. Uh, but I first heard about Ken Wiederhorn because I heard he was originally going to be the director for Body Double. That De Palma saw really? Eyes what? of a Stranger, loved Eyes of a Stranger, and then was like, "Hey, I got this Body Double idea." Started developing it, and then De Palma was like, "Oh, I like this. I'm going to throw." Oh, it. really? Wow. Yeah. We yeah. should have Ken. We should have Ken Wiederhorn on. Should have Brian De Palma. Well, he lives in France. It's easier to get Ken. <laughs> <laughs> they have Skype in French, so. um, but yeah, no, it's really good and very scary. Uh, there's a lot of jumps and uh, not just jump scares. It's like uh, real suspense. It's well made. And then uh, Sleepaway Camp. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah, not in a thousand years. And a, a, a good friend of mine back in Philadelphia. I was just trying to find the um, did the uh, scored. I believe Sleepaway Camp, like number five or oh, something. A unhappy few years campers. Ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, well that. First one, uh, much later than that. It's a uh, another movie I'd put on there of if people just want to try to find it. It's this movie called Splatter Farm, and it's from the late eighties. Splatter 80s. Farm, farm, and uh, not Invasion of the Blood Farmers. No, it's no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, um, the tagline was E I E I Ouch. Hey, we got it. I didn't yeah. Think it <laughs> <laughs> now the movies that made me drinking game. Uh, yeah, that's right. Logan. I'm on. I'm on the air. <laughs> Uh, you're on the air. It's a 202 number from Washington, D.C. Oh. Oh, my you God. Should do, we had to... It's the president. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been listening. <laughs> he they're loves coming, eyes of a stranger. They're coming to get me. You should put them all. We had, I, I was going to get them. I'm cutting a Lorraine Newman one. My my wife called in the middle. I put her on the thing and had her talk to Lorraine Newman. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> she was now She's like, I go, I'm on the air. I say, hi, Lorraine Newman. She goes, oh, God damn it. She hangs up. Uh... Lorraine Newman makes me think of Problem Child too, which makes me think of Problem Child, which I know has been brought up yeah. on the podcast before. And sometimes, uh, I know those guys. Stanley listen. Kubrick's favorite. Problem Child. That's what I heard. Stanley Kubrick's. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's not true. I heard. I, uh, the uh, the, the, no, the I, I played a big part in getting um, uh, two different uh, artists to uh, reassess their own work and come out. I. I did a lot. To, I, I, we we got freaking to come to a screening of Sorcerer years ago, which is where the, the first time we'd seen it with an audience that loved it. And I did this Q and A, and he, he came changed out, his mind on it. It kind of did. It kind of did. Joe and, Exorcist too. And then, oh he changes that, that doesn't change his mind. And then uh, <laughs> Scott and Larry, I, I did a screening of Problem Child where they sort of half came around. Eh, it's not terrible. But, well, Problem Child was the first time I remember thinking about a character's. Um, behavior oh, like okay. i remember i came home that night i was laying in bed i was thinking about problem child and i was like the reason he acted up at the birthday party was because the kids made fun of him oh. and it was the same feeling i had when i saw a taxi driver and he travis takes sybil shepherd to the porno theater and you're like why are you you're getting <laughs> in the way of yourself every scene i've been yeah. watching has been building up to you want companionship my first taste of that was actually Problem Child, where I'm like watching a character get the way of themselves, and I'm like, why are they doing that? So, you know, props to those guys. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I, I should make his, um, and then we should talk about Sleepaway Camp, but you know, it was uh, Sleepaway, Return to Sleepaway Camp from mm. 2008. Um, dear friend, in fact, composer of my little horror film, Rodney Wittenberg, did the score of oh, that. Cool. That's all I know about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but the I first one I kind of remember. Yeah, and I think that one, the writer director, of the first one came back. Well, he came to back. Robert yes. Robert Hiltzik. Yes. Uh, and I think those are the only two movies he's made. Um, but uh, 
that and Splatter Farm were the two movies that I remember thinking, um, like, oh, I th thought, uh, oh, that like being, um, I don't know, low budget or whatever you would call it, allows you to be like transgressive. Sure. And so I was seeing things that I've never seen before with my little eyes, but Splatter Farm, if you could get your hands on it. 1987. Yes. It's made by two twin brothers and the opening scene. John the and Mark Polonia. Yes. And they're in a front seat talking to each other and they're doing the kind of low budget cheap thing. Oh, they're, they're in it too. Pass yes. That's always a good sign. <laughs> yes. They're passing the camera back and forth between the two of them. And for the longest time, you think it's just one person who's in a scene with himself. Oh. But it's actually two twin brothers. Uh, Is but, that the gag? Or you think they don't realize they could have? You think it's a gag. And then you're right. like, oh, they're not in on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the best kind of gag. Yeah. And the tagline is EI Splatter Farm. Uh, uh, old McDonald had a farm. EIEI. Ouch. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. Yeah. That doesn't sell you on it. Uh, but Not no, Sleepaway Camp. Not E-I-E-I die. <laughs> That's good too. Yeah. Uh, we should just do a whole podcast a on, on catchphrases. Oh God, that would be, yeah. There was a, I remember that trend that was the countdown from five, four, three, two, one. I think Backbeat, remember that Beatles movie started? It was like five members. Oh yeah. Four Beatles. Yeah. Three lovers. Yeah. Two friends. One drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Rush drummer's nightmare. One drum? <laughs> what hellscape have don't, I Don't back on Rush. Brian was saying, we'll come back. Uh, uh, that's it. I mean, I wanted to share one story with you guys real quick because you talk nope. about drive-ins all the time. Nope. Can nope. I talk one drive-in nope. story? Nope. nope. Cut it My parents came home one night. We were having dinner and they said, get in the car. And we're like, where are we going? Where are we going? My, uh, my two sisters and I were asking and they were like, um, we're taking you out in the middle of nowhere. We're leaving in a ditch and for dead, and we're coming back home. We had like a funny little dark sense of humor <laughs> in our house. And how how old are you? I was four or five. This, this is my this first explains memory. his list of films. Wow, yes. and I mean, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. I actually love that. Oh that's yeah, great. I mean, my parents were cool. They were like, you know, my mom would be like, "Hey, the bad seed's on. Let's watch the bad seed." And we'd all get together and watch the bad seed and watch this little girl get. Uh, Kill a gardener at his wood shop. But, yes. uh, uh, so they were like, get in the get in the car. We got in the car and we're driving along and we start going out of town and it's getting darker and darker. And we're like, no, really, where are we going? And my parents, a little more sinister <laughs> this time, were like, we're actually, we're taking out the moon nowhere. We're going to leave you kids there for dead or we're going to come back into the, back to the house and leave you out there. And I can, I'm looking over at my sisters who are like seven and four years older than me and I, Trying to gauge their reaction, I'm like okay, they're kidding. and then it's like you're looking at the stewardess when you plane is yes. bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Please God, give yeah, me a sign. We're, fine, yeah. we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we whip into a field. The back doors open. They pull out these brown paper bags of popcorn, and we're at the drive-in. Wow. And it's Gremlins. My oh, first, wow. Your first drive-in? My first and only drive-in experience was Did you get was laid? Gremlins. Consistent. <laughs> <laughs> too dark. Too dark. That, these oh, parents yeah. telling them they're going to kill them. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, wow. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, guys. That's amazing. Wow. That's a, wow. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. That was wonderful. Thank you, guys. I'm, uh, uh, I said you, this to Joe already, but it extends with his movies, but also the podcast. You guys, we're living in hard times. It is so nice to be able to hear people talk about movies and uh, share their love. It's a... Uh, it's uh, you guys are doing. I if uh, I believed in the Lord, I'd say you're doing the Lord's work. Uh, so, way to go, way to go. Well, thank you, and I, I hope you'll continue to listen, even though you now know how I make the cookies <laughs> and the sausage and the sausage. I'll eat them both. We're cookies, Joe. We're not sausage. <laughs> Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of trailersfromhell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.